Welcome to Net Support Radio, powered by Anderton Tiger, the official broadcaster of Bet 2020. Thanks, Al. That was absolutely brilliant. It is 20 minutes past three. We are live across the planet. Good afternoon. This is Net Support Software. Uh, live in the studio, I'm very, very lucky to have two very special people. I was expecting them, and it's just privilege to have them on the show. I have Sally Lanin. I shall just check if I got that right in a second. She is executive head of a fabulous school called Feezy Park Farm Primary School. Did I get that right? Yes. Oh, bless you, ma'am. Thank you. And the fabulous Dr. Dave Wiley. He's on the governing body and he's up to his usual mischievous self, I have to say. A friend of many years' acquaintance. Uh, gentlemen, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. My goodness, how has your bet been today? It's, uh, it's been fantastic, uh, Russell. I think the uh, the new uh, organisers of BET uh, have really uh, upped their game now and uh, it, it's great. Lots of interesting things going on. I've been hosting a, a couple of talks uh, in the professional development uh, theatre and it's, it's got a real buzz back to it now, I think. I think so, right? Giving us some space to think and not be just crowded up as well. Uh, Sally, thank you very much for joining us and I have to wish you the very best of luck. Listeners, Sally is the executive head of Feasy Park Fine Primary School and they are up for a BET award tomorrow. Oh, it's tonight. It's tonight. tonight. I keep saying it's tonight. Tonight is being awarded tonight. Tell the listeners all about it, please. I've, I've watched the video, um, your submission, which is breathtakingly good. I wish you the very best of luck. If you win, you will have deserved it. Now, I don't always say that to anyone. Oh, look, they're clapping already, and it's not for us, <laughs> which is really good. Tell the listeners about this. What was the thinking behind it, and or, uh, about the Impact Award, if you can? Thank you very much indeed. Yes, we are at Visa Park Farm Primary School in Warsaw which five years ago was in an Ofsted category. Uh, we decided that we would use education technology as a catalyst to make the necessary improvements. Mm. So we've been working with a number of technology companies, partners, including Smart Technologies, and we've implemented what we believe to be the best that we can to improve teaching and learning. Teaching was uh, described as passive and learning was described as as passive as well. So the range of technology that we've introduced has really helped to improve the quality of what we deliver. For example, we have introduced recently a lesson planning wrapper. This is a one single notebook file which contains all elements of a lesson. The learning objectives, the success criteria, the activities, the differentiation and that lasts for a week so teachers can actually use that to deliver their lessons over a week. This has significantly improved the pace of lessons and the quality of delivery and as a result the outcomes at our school have improved now and are above national. Wow, is it the consistency that you've enjoyed most here? Has that that brought the impact that you were expecting? Is it that kind of consistent approach across all class and year groups? Yes, absolutely. We decided we would have a vision, so we had a vision that EdTech would be our catalyst. We got all stakeholders on board, teachers, governors, children, parents, and everybody has worked towards that vision, and that's how we've done it. I think the thing is, uh, Russell, Sally's being very modest here in that it's her leadership that, you know, quite often when you and I have, over the years, looked at the way technology's been used, um, it's been on the periphery, it's been on the edge of of things, uh, or or done as a gimmick. This, This is Sally using... The, the best technology to drive up standards in the school. So it isn't just one hero teacher in the school that's been doing some special stuff. 
it's been consistent. It's a lot. It's a large school, Sally, isn't it? You've got how many? How many Six hundred and forty children? children. Now that's a big school, and she wouldn't have got away with the modesty for much longer. I have to say, we're just going to dive in there and just pull this out as well. Oh, I mean, we know innovation and and good progress comes from good, solid, well re- re- researched. Uh, leadership. There is no doubt about That's that. Right. It just has to come. It doesn't happen by magic. EdTech on its own does not miraculously transform, although I would say in some circumstances it can provide the catalyst, as you've quite rightly identified. I'm just delighted about that as well. What's been the reaction, particularly from parents? Let's just focus in on them. Have you found a level playing field at home, or have you found varying different levels of expertise and technology fulfilment, if you like? What have you found when you've asked the parents? You're absolutely right that it is very important to get all stakeholders on board and what we did at the very start is that we got parents on board. So we held workshops for parents, we did drop-in sessions, uh, we wrote to parents, we communicated electronically with parents and we got them on board. And yes, there were varying levels to start with, but as things progressed and parents understood what we were doing and we were able to demonstrate the impact of what we were doing, we are getting more and more parents now on board who are working closely with us to drive think, things th- forward. I think the interesting thing from my point of view as a governor, Russell, is that um, when you've got a school that, this is before Sally took over, was in was in an offset category, was in, you know, requires improvement. Okay. Um, the, the, the parental community is in downward spiral. It's it's feeling uh, depressed about the school. It's feeling as though, you know, it, it, yeah, parents are removing children from a, a school in that circumstance. And what what we tried to do at the school under Sally's leadership was use the technology to to change that spiral to go up. And the parents now are expecting. The first successes were, were showcased to the parents via video, via uh, communicating to the parents, um, as Sally said, dro- getting drop-in Sally on parents' evening, and slowly, instead of a downward spiral, it's changed to, to, to move up, and now we've got parents expecting the technology to be used at a high level in all classes, and that's the important thing. It's, it's you know, parents have a... a a shared vision as to what the basics are in a classroom and technology has to be there from them. Wouldn't you agree, Sally? Absolutely. And I think the same with the children. So the children now expect to use technology and we have children in lessons who will say, well, can I do that on a device? Can I do that on the interactive Good. whiteboard? So the children are also leading their own learning in the classrooms. Just explain to Russell about the children, the digital that was my next that question. That was my next question. Are you using? We see we're on the same page here. Are you using digital champions or digital leaders or what, what name? Are you using them to facilitate? The Absolutely, we have Splendid. a number of children who are digital leaders, and they are actually supporting their own peers and actually cascading the learning through the school, and that's worked extremely well, giving children real responsibility. Would you say that was learning. a vital ingredient for this? this Absolutely check? vital. Peers learn from peers. We all know that, and that's exactly what's happened with our children. They've learnt from each other, supported each other, collaborated together to make this a real success. We actually had one parent who said to us, five years ago I used to drag my child to school, now my child drags me. That's powerful. 
isn't that good? We all just love to hear stories like that. It's really good there. Um, how did you combat any resistance, if there was any, from colleagues at all? I mean, um, lots of colleagues are still saying, still not as confident as they feel they need to be to be uh, masterfully using this kind of technology in a... Uh, in a setting um, so lots still reporting that how did you combat that how did you get was there any resistance how, how did you yes there was some resistance there were different levels across the, of expertise amongst the staff two things I think are really important there the first one is that people need to understand the rationale behind decisions that are made they need to be part of that decision making process and understand why things are being put in place and what the potential benefits are the second thing that we found was really good, high-quality CPD, training that's tailored to the needs of individual teachers for their different levels to really enable them to maximise their use of the technology in the classrooms, hence see the benefit. I Those think, were the two I key ingredients. I what, think what, what we've done, Russell, is we've tried to piggyback on some of the initiatives that you see from the likes of Microsoft and Smart, and I know Google do the same thing, where... I mean, particularly with, we're working with Smart. They have their their um, uh, ec- expert educators. So there's a, there's a there's a there's an accreditation for the training that's delivered. But with a large number of staff, it's been quite difficult to manage that. So we've created the uh, our staff digital champions who receive training to a high level. Love it. So Absolutely you've built into that. To you know, how many staff have you got? Sally all together it's quite a lot isn't it you see that's a big score you just, you've got 600 numbers wow but yeah. you know that number of staff that's a huge undertaking so the model the model that's worked is training individuals on the staff so you're building capacity there the old model of having people come in and do a, an inset day or a, a one-off training that actually doesn't leave the the, the the resilience in the school to enable the day-to-day work in the day-to-day helping to happen. So, the the creation of these staff champions. They, I mean, we've had we've had people go from being, you know, not an expert at all to last year. We're down at bet demonstrating, and, and they, they, you know, that's that's the that's the improve that's the impact. Good. Will you stay with me for just a few more minutes? I'm going to take a. Uh, 3.30 News Bulletin and then I want to come back I want to ask you what will winning the Impact Award mean for your school? It's 3.30 you're listening to Russell Prue live on Net Support Radio, here is the full News Bulletin, don't go anywhere Online, across the world this is Net Support Radio broadcasting live at BET 2020, time now to join our newsroom for a full roundup of today's news News in London I'm Benji Hire. Chinese officials fear the deadly coronavirus could mutate and spread further. Nine people have died from the respiratory virus and almost 500 others in China had been infected. Many more are under medical watch. There are estimated to have been about 4,000 cases of the virus since the outbreak began. It's also reached Thailand, Taiwan and South Korea. The US has recorded its first case as well in Washington state. Dave Ross from Seattle says the man had recently flown home from the city of Wuhan. He had, I guess, the symptoms of a cold, didn't feel too bad on the plane, but then a few days later, he started to feel really bad, went to his doctor, because he'd been reading about this uh, virus, and uh, the doctor did some tests and said, yeah, this is coronavirus, so he came forward. They're trying to figure out who he may have come in contact with, and he's being very cooperative about that. More than 400 schools were closed in Bangkok on Wednesday, giving almost 300,000 students the day off as the government there seeks to come to grips with the smog crisis. 
With the latest from the Thai capital, here's Daniel Quinlan. Thailand's Prime Minister Prayut Chanacha says he will consider a total ban on personal vehicles if the air quality doesn't improve. Both he and the government have come in for criticism from the public over their lack of response to the ongoing crisis. In the past, the Prime Minister said it was difficult to enforce laws aimed at curbing pollution and blamed the public for the poor air quality. Burning off land by farmers is a major cause of the smog at this time of year as they prepare their fields for planting. Vehicle emissions and industry have also contributed to the problem. And Britain will go ahead with a digital sales tax despite pressure from Washington to hold fire. The country's finance minister has announced that although he'd like an international solution, the UK will nonetheless press on with levying the tax in the meantime. It would apply to search engines, online marketplaces and social media companies. The American government, however, believes it unfairly targets US technology giants. Stuart Smith reports. A 2% digital sales tax due to be implemented in April will be levied, despite US and OECD opposition. During a panel discussion at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, the UK Chancellor Sajid Javid said the tax was proportionate. But the US Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin says it's discriminatory and arbitrary, suggesting the US could respond by arbitrarily putting taxes on car companies. Many EU and OECD countries want a digital sales tax because taxes on revenue generated through online advertising goes where the tech company is based, not the country where the online activity happens. The change would boost UK tax revenues by 650 million US dollars a year. But the OECD wants national governments to wait so a multilateral solution can be found. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSM. Thanks, Benji. You're listening to Net Support Radio, the official broadcaster for Bet 2020. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. Powered by the Anderton Tiger Broadcasting Network. And we'll have more news for you at four o'clock. I have no idea how that sales tax is going to work. We have found that to be a major problem with taxation, uh, taxing companies that uh, trade across multiple borders. And then people ask people why they haven't paid that same number of tax. We're going to ask the same thing again. Why haven't you paid the tax on the purchase? Well, because I bought it from country X. I can't see that ending well at all. Uh, Back to our conversation here live at Bet. It is 26 minutes to four. You're with me, Russell, live until six o'clock oh my goodness how on earth are we going to get there well we're going to get there talking to good colleagues like this in the studio still with me i have the fabulous sally lamin who is the executive head of feezy park farm primary school and dr dave wiley from the governing body and just before we broke i asked you what will it mean to you sally to win this fabulous prize It would be an absolutely amazing achievement if we were to win this prize. We are so proud of the work that our children have done to drive standards up. We're so proud of the way our staff have embraced the technology and really used it and developed it as a catalyst. We do believe that our children and staff deserve that recognition and deserve that accolade. But additionally, in education, it's really important to share. We've got many success stories, and we think it's important for other educators, other leaders in schools, to see what we have done, to see what the impact has been, and to see if they can reflect on their own practice to make even more improvements for even more children across the school, across the world. 
absolutely perfect there. And I just wonder, will this give you the accolade? Will it give you permission to just shout from the rooftops? Because here you are, you've done something, and it's worked. I mean, it's that sharing, isn't it? That good practice. Absolutely. And we would like to shout from the rooftops because we have got so much evidence of so much impact in our school. And it would be a fantastic achievement to be able to showcase that as widely as we can. Well, it, Russell, I mean, Sally, Sally's been uh, uh, presenting on the same stage as uh, another good friend of ours, Steve, Stephen Happel, Professor Stephen Happel, uh, today at BET. So, you know, it's, I think it's important that and we've got representatives from the school staff here as well, which, again, is no mean feat to get people down to BET from the Midlands. And, and it's important because the staff need to be here. They need to... They need to sense that success because they've worked hard to get to get it. And you know, we've had visitors from the Hungarian government uh, come to the school last year. Uh, other visitors from other local schools and national schools. And this really is, the, uh, in, in a way, the award would be the icing on the cake for us. Um, but the process of applying for the award and creating the video, I think, has helped consolidate Sally. What, wow. what we what we what we think we've achieved yes. so far that's amazing yes it has it's enabled us to reflect on what we have done and really really look at what we're going to do next as well well i know it's too late but if for me the judges were listening to this conversation i'm sure it would be in the bag for you as well uh you, you can't uh you can't be any more well deserving uh as this i have to say i've, I've watched the video in great detail um dave gave me a heads up just a, a little bit before bet and i really enjoyed it the most um, I think it stands head and shoulders, don't mind sticking my neck out on this, head and shoulders about the other entrants into that category. And uh, I wish you the very best of luck. There's always a little bit of smoke and mirrors involved and, and it doesn't matter, but, you know, these are judges and the judge's decision is final, as they say. Uh, Sally, thank you so much indeed for sharing that with us. I wish you just the very, very best. Uh, just before both of you go, perhaps, Dave, I could just talk to you a little bit more about innovation. I feel that stuff that you and I were doing 10 years ago Ago, is coming back round the washing machine and, and people are just coming back and saying why don't we do something innovative with mobiles oh yeah, I know Russell and I, I, the last thing I want to sound is, is like uh, you know an old uh, person that's uh, reliving <laughs> past former glories but the, you know I've, I've come down I came down to bet yesterday and I was in the waiting room waiting for the train I was the only person not on my mobile phone because I was drinking my coffee and then as soon as I'd finished I was checking my diary, checking my, my inbox, checking my messaging, got on the phone, the professionals who were on the on the on, on the train, sorry, got the professionals were checking their phones, I get to the hotel, people were checking again, and it seems to me that the only place that we're not allowing people to use phones to organise their lives and live their lives through is in schools. And I, I don't really understand what the, why, that, why that is the case. Because you know that you know, in 2009, we, in Wolverhampton, we got 5,000 mobile phones with data connection uh, running in the city with students in secondary schools accessing their digital portfolio, going on work experience, uploading data, having their calendar there, exactly the sort of things that we do. And that was that was then. And the carrier O2, and it could have been Vodafone or any of the others, but O2 had got the ability to lock the phones down between nine and three, or more importantly, 
using the GPS on the device, know where you were and what activities you could then be released to do on the phone. So it was all there. And now, it's kind of technology they're denying they have access to now. Well, absolutely. It suits them. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, then it was a novelty for uh, students to have a smartphone, but now it's almost ubiquitous, isn't it? And we just, I think we're just doing a disservice now by, you know, you think about it, you link the phone to your uh, Google Drive or your Microsoft Drive to your calendar to all your documents. I mean, stuff like OneNote works on any device and you can access it, you can, you can draw on it, you can sound record. All the things we were doing back then with clunky software is so easy to do now. And yet you walk around bet and nobody is talking about it. It's such a shame because we proved, didn't we, Russell, all those years ago that children can be, if you, if you treat them right, students and children at primary school level can be responsible unit users of those devices. It's all about the contextual use, is it not? Yeah. It's all about the responsibility. It's all, all the things that you've learned through this exercise and, itself. And I would just ask the question, shouldn't schools, shouldn't the education system be educating young people on how to safely and effectively use a mobile phone rather than letting older brother or sister or mate on the corner do it because that's basically what we're doing by denying them in schools Indeed, in my absolutely opinion. Right. and I've got a conversation with Will Few from Internet Watch Foundation and we're talking about the state of the nation insofar as the kind of imagery and the, the, the misbehaviour which is still prevalent yeah. and he's saying you know that the imagery, the uh, the content out there from kids, particularly girls from age 8 to 13, is so prevalent and it's horrendous what's yeah. going on. Something's still not working correctly. That's right. I mean, in my opinion, again, I'm not being critical here, but the bit that's missing that we had, we had that innovation funding that came through DFE and Bechter. We had that space given to us and that funding given to us to innovate and to try these things out. Whereas, you know, the schools now are under pressure and there's no space created, there's not, no extra uh, funding created to enable the schools to innovate, which is, I think is a great shame because we all need to do that as a profession. We need to experiment in a way and try out new things. Perhaps experiment's the wrong word, but, you know... Explore, explore, explore. We need some space. Exactly. There's no space to do this with. Exactly, and that's needed. No. You know, this, this is... This is this is significant technology yeah, that, that students right. are walking around with. Time, space and permission to make it. And it's about stakeholders, as Sally quite rightly uh, said as well. Agreed. And if you get the leadership right and you set the ethos right in your school, there should not be any issue. But if, if you're really concerned, as I said, 10 years ago, more than longer than that, the, the tech companies were able to control the devices. Well, they're denying, such, they're denying such technology. We can't have gone backwards, can we? Uh, this just obviously suits their mood for the moment in time. Uh, listeners, if you're interested in this, get in contact with us. Let us know how, what your view is. You can text us on 07624 802272. Drop us an email, radio at netsupportsoftware.com. Or you can phone me on 0845 838 7005. Love to hear what you think about this. For the moment, very best of luck to both of you. Thank you. Is so deserved. Th thank you, Russell. And can I just dispel one rumour you're putting about about me? Okay. Yes. Because I am not a member of the Peaky Blinders cast, <laughs> even though I spike like this from coming up in Birmingham. <laughs> well, I'm sure I'd send a photograph of you with one of those caps on. So is that? Oh not the yeah. Case? Oh, you found me out. You found me out, Russell. I 
wasn't quite sure as well. Excellent. Thank anyway, you, Russell. Anyway, good series on the television. Even better, the music track which goes with it has opened up a new genre for me as well. Oh, I love fantastic. the music that runs alongside there. Yeah, all for lots of it filmed at the Black Country Museum oh, as well. Really? Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow, more claim to fame. Indeed. As well. That's good. Uh, Super. Both of you, very best of luck. Russell, Have thank a, you. You're very welcome, Mom. The very best of luck to you, uh, to your staff, your pupils, and your parents. I'm, I'm really right behind you. Good luck and enjoy the awards tonight. Thank Absolutely you, brilliant. There, uh, chatting live there with the fabulous Sally Lamin, who is the executive head of Feezy Park Primary Park. I'm sorry, Park Farm Primary School. Easy for you to say. And Dr. Dave Wiley, there, who's from the governing body. They're up for an impact award at tonight's Bet Awards. There's lots going on on the Bet Awards. I'm also talking to some more category uh, entrants in the innovative software category. Uh, we'll be talking to Kat and Gary a little later on. Russell Prue. Hey guys, I'm Demi Lovato. I'm Jason Derulo. Hey, I'm You're listening to Net Support Radio, the official broadcaster for Bet 2020, powered by the Anderton Tiger Broadcasting Network. Russell Prue, bringing you all the news and chat from the show floor. Russell Prue, let's start the party. Banging tunes that hit the spot. Russell Prue, you're listening to Net Support Radio. 